Nick just texted me to ask if he could use the washer. No. Nick, you cannot use the washer for approximately two more hours. All right. The glamorous life of podcasting that no one tells you about. We record in closets with socks over our microphones and no one is allowed to make a sound. The good old days with the socks over the microphone. Did I even say welcome back? Welcome back to Read It or List It. I'm Phoebe. I'm Ashley. And as you can see, uh, we have spent the last month really fine-tuning and becoming way more professional. Yes, exactly. I'd say I miss talking to you, but like I have talked to you for the past month consistently, annoyingly. It's just there hasn't been – it hasn't been recorded. Well, I mean, it's like that old saying – if we talk to each other and it's not recorded, did it even happen? That's true. Unfortunately, That's true. according to my phone bill, it happens quite frequently. Um. I know. We, so we <laughs> literally just hit, we just, this is, this is what happens every time. We just hit record. We've already been on the phone for an hour and 12 minutes. Ugh. So that's an hour and 12 minutes of us just already talking about books or whatever <laughs> with and, multiple times being like, wait, 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 no, I'm, I'm going to talk about this when we record. <laughs> Contrary to popular belief, Phoebe and I did not, we were not fighting. Oh, that was the best. I wish I, you know, I want to do, if it wasn't very narcissistic, I would like make a TikTok or a reel of like doing dramatic readings of the messages that I received regarding our friendship because they were juicy. I'm like, the things that people can think up on the internet are great. We weren't doing that thing that like celebrity couples do where like for six months they deny that they've broken up and like keep up appearances. Like we weren't doing that to you. We promise. Yeah. Ashley finally read The Royal We and she hated it and she I judged hated it. And I just couldn't hack it. <laughs> Which honestly is like very possible. <laughs> but alas, I have not read it yet. I do know that. But you know what? That's how people like... Like, I feel like in romantic relationships, I feel like people disliking your favorite book is a deal breaker. Are you telling me that we're not romantically involved? Well, we are, but Nick and John aren't supposed to know. (laughs) Speaking of, I've been reading a lot of reverse harems. Oh, (laughs) what a segue. What a segue. She's still got it, folks. Okay, so here we are. Hi, we're back. Um... This episode is just going to be exactly what it's been for the past however many minutes we've been on. We're just gonna catch you up on what we've been doing, where we've been, where we're going next, like the whole the whole thing. Yeah. And then we will resume regular Yeah, we're, we are gonna structure. finish Yeah, we're gonna finish our audiobook series. So fret not if any of you were. Uh, we are going to be finishing up that series before we jump into anything new. Um, but yeah, you've been reading the reverse harems for quite some time. I know. And I started reading it as well in our, not really in the, in our break, but I finished the Madison Kate series during that time. And Mm. I just think like, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to top that one. Dude, that, that's the blueprint. I am telling you, that is the blueprint for Reverse Harem now. Like, people say um, Curse of the Gods is, like, the Reverse Harem blueprint, which I'm go- going to read. That's the one that Jess Epiblog has been trying to get me to read. 
and I know I'm gonna love it it's also fantasy so Ooh. like it's like fantasy reverse harem and like that is the one that like if you search the reverse harem tag on Goodreads like that's the first one that pops up mm. so I really do want to read it but the dark romance reverse harem blueprint for me is Madison Kate because I have now read I don't even know how I can't count how many reverse harem series I have read or tried to read like started and then put down since then chasing the high that was those books I do think that there is another series I don't know what the series is called but the first book is Kings of Quarantine yes I think the series has its whole has a like series name but Rachel the girl that I follow for like all these wrecks she's the one that first put me on Madison Kate she loved that one and then I've seen other people talk more and more about it and how it like has really good character development and that's the thing is like these books like especially with dark romances and bully romances they start off really intense and like like whatever you think about enemies to lovers up it like 10 times Mm -hmm. in its problematicness or it's like just like you know lines being crossed and it's a bully romance like yeah that that is what it is um so I've heard that the reason the reason I put that one off is because I've heard it's like a little intense in the beginning like it's like very strong on the bullying once that part of the story ends and they're no longer enemies it's like all these people against the world and that's like my favorite part about reverse harems like that's my favorite part that's the part that hooks me I will say that it well it also I want we have to do like a whole series on like our individual and collective journey through romance because I feel like yes we started especially when we started the podcast like I can't I don't I don't I think I'll just laugh like going back and listening to our first oh my god we should do a like a live react oh that would be fun but also (laughs) nerve-wracking be so cringy like oh yeah like the unhoneymooner is so steamy (laughs) I actually I have a I have a tiktok planned um regarding the uh, the evolution of <laughs> of my romance reading um because no seriously I, I yeah I mean we were like in our our hour and 12 minute phone call prior to recording Ashley and I were joking that like this podcast just needs to become a romance <laughs> podcast because it's I think it's both of our favorite genres at this point it's definitely something that like I always want to pick up and um yeah. it's I don't know. I think I, I mean, I, I do think I, re- I remember saying at one point, like, that, you know, the, the theme of love is just so universal. And I think that's why we're drawn to it. But I've been having a lot of really good conversations with people where I'm like, I just think that romance as a genre has given me, like, a vocabulary that I didn't know that I needed, like, mm-hmm. to discuss, like, my like my own wants needs desires like all of that and that's something that should be celebrated and not shamed um yeah and these especially like someone like madison kate as a heroine who's just like so unabashedly like she's just like in tune with her sexuality she's just like in tune with her like um like, she knows what she wants. And, like, not in, like, a I'm not like other girls kind of yeah. way. Like, it's a very refreshing – she's a very refreshing main character, I personally found. And I think that's – that is what I can't find in some other reverse harems. Yeah. I think it's the – I think it's Madison. Because the guys 
the guys, for the most part, in a lot of reverse harems, they follow very similar tropes because you can't have, like, if you, for a harem to work, you can't have all the guys be alphas. Like, it, like, just physically could not work. Mm -hmm. So you've got to have somebody that, you can have one, like, Archer. Like, he's, like, the alpha of the group, right? Mm -hmm. You can have one. (laughs) You can have one. But you've got to have also, like, the lovable goofball type guy. You've got to have the quiet guy. You've got – like, you've got to have, like, these different – like, I feel like the guys They serve a purpose. Like – Yes. And and for her. And it's all about for, like, what does Madison Kate need? What does – what does the heroine need in this situation? And not just, like – like, in in whatever they're going through. Like, when she's scared, like, who's the one that she goes to? Like, when she needs to be fired up, who's the one that she goes to? Yeah, and I find it to be very, like, it's it's very, like, anti-patriarchy because it's very, in a very anti-toxic masculinity because... Oh, my God. That's my my other favorite part. Like, even though we have these, like, alpha males and they will, like, they do, like, bicker and argue over the fact that, like, they are sharing a single lover. It doesn't it, it doesn't give me that icky feeling of, like, your boy's arguing over a girl. Like, you're not yeah. entitled to her. Like, and it's... They, they don't treat her like a possession. Yeah. I feel like it's very refreshing. Because I think you see this genre and you know what it's about. And you'd think that it could be very, like demoralizing and very objectifying of the the female that's in the center of it and it's like actually the exact opposite yeah she controls everything it's her choice it's her choices and they all like bow down to her yeah (laughs) she's their queen i said this to you that you know i don't read a lot of thrillers and i don't not a lot i don't read any thrillers unless it's something i have to read um right and this had like the I mean I have only read the Madison Kate series so it's the only reverse harem series that I can speak to but it has this level of like a thriller to it and that's how you described the dark romance genre to me that it's Mm -hmm. romance meets thriller and I said to Ashley that I was like oh yeah you know I've just I've just learned I can do fantasy if there's romance and I can do thrillers if there's romance like yeah you just gotta have that love story that gets you through and it's like well it's very it's like it anchors me in the world and like yes but not too much yeah like just enough just enough but like you're still very much out of reality like yeah I, I think what I like about the dark romance genre and obviously that is oh you'd think that that's a niche genre. That is a very broad term because mm-hmm. there are – and I know this because it's all – it's basically all I've been reading since December at this point. And that's how many months now? Like what? Four months. LOL, we're four, four months into 2021. Isn't that hilarious? I can't even <laughs> comprehend. Um, but so for the past four months, it's basically all I've been reading. And there are so many like so like there's so many tropes right like mm-hmm. so many sub genres of it you've got age gap you, you've got all these like romances that have dark elements to it where you've got like a taboo relationship like age gap or like parent teacher or a boss uh employee or whatever like so there's 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 like that stuff which can get dark because of its taboo nature or something like that those i'm still i, I have read a few of them i'm still un sure how I feel about like that stuff but it's also like what you were talking about how it's given you like just kind of venturing in a little bit more to romance is like giving you more of a vocabulary it's also for me it's taught me 
to change how I'm reviewing books Mm -hmm. because in this genre specifically, the books follow tropes and almost every author I've read starts off their book with an author's note that's way more complex than what we've talked about with content warnings where it's like you know like Talia Hibbert at the beginning of her books she'll say like this book touches on this and like it'll be a couple sentences right a lot of the authors that I have been reading that write dark romance have pages like two pages in the beginning of their book that says hey this is I'm like introducing themselves like this is this is what I write this is what's in the book this is like it's going to be like viewer discretion advised basically mm-hmm. like and um and people will people will either love it or people will find this incredible like could find it triggering or could just find it like so taboo that they don't want it to touch it with a 10-foot pole and I found that that all comes down to preference mm-hmm. and it's like so Ooh, I have a lot to say on this. <laughs> yeah. But like I'm just thinking of an example like age gap is one that still t- actually no that's not true. Boss employee relationship. That's a trope that just like I can't like it just there's just yeah. something about it that mm-hmm. like I, I have a really hard time disassociating it from like real life. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's not like I ever have like Every boss I've ever had has been incredibly professional with me. It's not stemmed in any sort of like triggering event in my past. It's just something about me, my moral code, my preferences for what I want in literature. I have a hard time with that sub genre, sub trope. If I pick up a book and it doesn't even have to be a, a like a dark romance. Like there are books that I have talked about on this podcast that have that relationship that I have to like rewire my brain to be like, Let's talk about this book as a book and not Ashley's own like preferences towards it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who am I to sit there and rate a review, a book lower because it has a trope that I know going into, it's going to have that trope. I'm like snapping. I'm snapping. I don't know if it's registering. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my God, I saw somebody rate a reverse harem series one star because the girl gets with multiple guys. Uh. Like, Ma'am, excuse me. Did you read the cover? Like, it literally says reverse harem on it. Like, if you don't know what that term is, look it up. Like, and well, don't go, like, ugh. on bookshop.org, because when I've been linking um, my link books on my website, um, when you go to link Madison Kate, it says, author's note, this is a reverse harem romance, meeting, meaning the heroine has more than one love interest and more than one happily ever after. If that is not something that you enjoy, this is not the book for you. Right. And snap, snap, snaps. Yeah. If you ignore that, proceed to read it, and then say this wasn't for me and dock it stars for that, like. Yeah. I oh, I have crazy. a big, big issue with people who, especially when it comes to romance, who who doc stars based off of their own individual preference because I so I read the intimacy experiment recently by Rosie Dannon which is the second in the the roommate um companion series yeah, yeah. um and we mentioned uh the roommate in our romance uh version two series back in the uh, fall of 2020 and the intimacy experiment I didn't love the plot I did love getting to know Naomi but that book was finally helped me verbalize something that I've been trying to 
trying to verbalize as I've been, as my changes in preference or my pref, wait a second. How do I, how am I supposed to phrase this? As my preferences Preferences have evolved, have changed changed, um, when it comes to romance and our preferences are our opinions. Our opinions are not facts. And I truly think that it's the resp- it's like the only way that you can responsibly review a book is if you do it based off of facts and if you don't like open door romance or something like that's fine but that does not diminish the value of the book so you are allowed to have your preferences but to cuz i think that that just perpetuates the um cycle of um like slut shaming and um this like patriarchal idea of um right you know sex devalues women or like absolutely or if you enjoy true. that type of book that you're somehow less intelligent yes or, exactly or you matter less and like this was something that was like driving me nuts during the conversations that were floating around a court of silver flames that it's mm-hmm. like you know we can critique how mental health is represented we can critique writing but you can't critique a fictional character's sexual preferences like and it's so it's so interesting to me because i feel like the vast majority of the people who are shaming that stuff are progressive people yeah and and it and it baffles my mind because there's nothing more radical and progressive than owning your sexuality right so and like if that's like if you are someone who doesn't want to openly talk about that that's fine like you don't have to yeah and and by the same token it's totally okay if that's not your preference and that's not what you want and you don't i have so many friends that are the exact opposite of me in this way like they don't they want closed door like they want that and that is just as valid as people who right. want it open door and 50 pages long but like, like I even all though, choices are valid yeah and like and just because I but I, I meant that if you are someone who doesn't want to like because like I don't really like I I don't really I'm not afraid to discuss uh these things but if you don't mind open door romance you just don't want to like advertise it that's fine I just think that, like, we need to change the tone of the conversation regarding sex and intimacy in books because I think that it is just part of this greater um, issue in society. And reading The Intimacy Experiment, for some reason it was like all of the light bulbs started going off for me. And it's like what I've come to realize is it's like, okay, so I read Silver Flames, loved it. Silver Flames – on po- the dining room scene in Silver Play Flames might as well be in every book I've read since December. Like that mm-hmm. is like par for the course. That is common. That is I'm here for it. All that stuff. And people were shocked by that in Silver Flames. Now, me as a reviewer and as a friend, I know who would like the book and who would not like the book. Mm-hmm. I'm only recommending it to the people that I know that would like it. Like I know your preference. Like 
hey, I know your preferences. I know this is not the book that is going to be for you. That's that's a very, like, we're not talking about not being honest in your reviews. We're not talking about, like, leading people astray at all. We think, like, off, I, I mean, I'm, I'm now speaking for you. But, like, I, I think we that there's, <laughs> yeah, like, we should always be authentic when we're talking about books. I just think we need to also be really cautious of the harm in, like, I guess quantifying that, preference into a star rating mm-hmm. or like something that can actually physically hurt the author i mean sarah j mass is not hurting for a one-star review we're talking i'm talking about like independent authors who like it's their first book and they like took a chance on writing something that's been a super huge passion project for them that they're maybe they're a lifelong reader of this genre and then they're, they're taking a chance on their first book and they see like these negative reviews that are for people that are not for that book like that's that's the stuff that I think Mm -hmm. at least what I'm talking about that I see incredible harm if I read a book if I give a chance on a book and I've done this before and you can go to my Goodreads and you can see if I read a book and I did not jive with it in whatever way I will not give it a star rating Mm mm-hmm I will say I finished it. I will not give it a star rating so it doesn't knock down like Goodreads or anything like that. And I will just say like here is what the tropes were and this is why like it didn't it didn't work for me. But it's not a negative review. It's a it's like an informative thing like hey this book wasn't for me but it's not it's not the author's fault. It's, right. it, it's not them. It's me. <laughs> but that's it's so true when it comes to books and that is just something – I feel like I've been saving all of these thoughts as we've been on on our break. Just like – Oh, you know the other thing I was going to say? Back to your point about um, like this like shame that comes with this. We talked about this maybe in our first romance series. But like – and we've said it – This we're not new in saying this. This is common knowledge at this point that the romance genre is really what keeps the publishing industry, the book industry mm-hmm. in business. But – why is it and this is like a psychology thing that I've like thought about in the past few months why is it that we are um like embarrassed or drawn away from the books with the half naked people on the cover why is it that more people are talking about romance now that we've got this surge in illustrated covers like why is that? I feel like it's because those covers, the traditional Fabio, whatever, half naked, like guy on the front, people in various positions, it shows you what you're reading. Yep. And people are embarrassed to have them know that that's what they're reading. It's this closed door, all no pun intended, all pun intended, I don't know, I, idea of like, I can only love this in secret and I think or that it's it make time. it palatable for society yes like I need to like dilute who I am and what I like to make myself more palatable to other people and I say I'm done with that so mm-hmm. like I even did it the other day and I'm like I need to stop doing this like the deal or um the off-campus series has been a series that I like fell head over heels in love with and by L. Kennedy and um there are two sets of covers and if you go on to if you buy the kindles the set that's on cover it's like it's just like abs like that's the cover but then if you go on to um like there's there's alternate covers in which it's like i guess like a little bit like less like risque it's like girls on the cover instead Mm -hmm. um and it's like 
I want to be able to recommend that series and not feel like, oh, don't let the cover scare you away. Like that, we should not, that should, that should be, it's 2021. Like we should not be doing that. Yeah. Like, because I mean, I have still have been reading across the board, um, in the last couple of weeks. Um, I mean, I did a couple rereads of some comfort favorites, but like, um, I just always come back to the fact that like, if we want as human beings and, um, as, as women, as, um, whoever we are, if we don't want our worth determined by our bodies, why are we doing that to our books? Like, why are we determining yeah. a book's value based off of how much or how little, um, intimacy is shown or described or whatever because if it's not for you then you just put the book down like that that's yeah I don't know because like I I finished the sweetest most atmospheric YA book um on Friday called Kisses and Croissants um and it takes place in Paris in July and like I was saying to um our friend amber um by amber burns who loves france i was like that book felt like paris like it was a ya book but it just captured the feeling of the city and it was a sweet ya romance so obviously there was like nothing in it and it's like it was a four-star read for me which is the same as i rated madison kate you know like stars are so arbitrary so like i call them star arbitrary yeah like why are we attaching Val, I mean, this is a larger conversation, but it's just something that, like, I don't know. It is, it's, lately, it's been with that, the thing that just, like, grinds my gears where I'm, like, what do these mean? And it makes me think back to, um, when we, when we started the podcast and you were, like, oh, like, my ratings are based off of genre. And, mm-hmm. like, so this is a, a five-star romance read or a five-star historical fiction. And, like, those things are so subjective so like why don't we just focus on the objective parts if we can yeah because or or like why don't we focus on the entirely subjective parts and take out any sort of objective element to it yeah so take off star ratings and just be like hey i'm ashley i'm 28 years old this is what i like this is what i read and here's how i felt about this book isn't that why we start like building relationships with other like reviewers and people online i 100 percent agree and i'm very excited to bring this energy moving forward (laughs) into everything that we're gonna do on read it or list it so that was like a lot more romance heavy than i think that we (laughs) intended it to be but like you know this is what we've been doing and this is where we've been and like um i'm excited to just be back on here talking to you you know, having conversations just to, like about books and like the feeling that they give us and like concentrating on that. I think that's why we started the podcast, right? Because yeah. like we don't it's not like we very rarely talk about stars and like totally we don't like review books in that way. We just talk about them. So. Yeah, exactly. I one hundred percent agree. So we are so happy to be back. Like I said earlier on in the episode, we are going to be continuing our audiobook series. So that is what to look for next. 
Um, and you know where to find us on Instagram at read it or list it pod. Um, all of the books that we mentioned in today's episode can be found in our show notes and on readandwrite.com. And you can find us individually at read and write and at underscore shelf love underscore on Instagram. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. Those stars do count. (laughs) Those stars count, yeah. (laughs) It's an easy, free way to support us, and we greatly appreciate it. Great. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Original music by Jake Thorne. Podcast produced and edited by me, Ashley Chandler, and Phoebe Wright. You can find us on Instagram at readitorlistitpod. 